0: Everyone, welcome back to QSR Nation, your weekly source of food service marketing and business strategies for success. Here are your hosts, Josh, Beth, Tony, and Grant from the PFS Brands National Headquarters in Holt Summit, Missouri.
1: Everybody. Welcome back to QSR Nation. As always, we have Josh, Grant, Grant, Beth, and Tony here at the PFS Branch National Headquarters in Wholesome, Missouri to talk about food service marketing and business strategies for success. Today, I am uh, taking a page at a kind of like the Jocko podcast where they just kind of do rapid fire questions. Not really rapid fire, but they just kind of discuss some questions. And I found four of them on Cura. I think I'm saying that right. Cura? Cura?
0: Cura? Kiora.
1: Four questions. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. It's I'm crazy. I'm actually kind of scared. Oh, you should be. Um, oh. And uh, our good friend, Mark <coughs> Gandy, is always constantly posting on Cure and answering some great questions. So shout out, Mark. Yeah, I always give him a good shout out. So, the first question, my friends, cool. and just kind of answer this in a conversational order. Just, just chip in whenever you want. Just
0: please let me. What's your name? What's your name? Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How will the emergence of lab-grown meat affect the restaurant and food service industry? Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm.
2: Well, that's the choice people are looking for.
1: (laughs) Well,
0: it's a huge trend right now to be very healthy, very organic meat. So if you have lab created meat, obviously that's going to be a huge trend, and it's going to cause an uproar in the industry just because the millennial generation specifically are looking for more whole foods um, and just healthier options all around.
3: Yeah, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I mean, organic is very—it's a very hot topic right now, and I only see that continue to grow in the next, you know, few years. Right.
2: Well, and with the lab-created meats, I mean, isn't this what Burger King just recently did with... Yeah, the Impossible the Burger. The Impossible Burger. Yeah. You know, um, I had a friend actually eat one, and uh, he said he couldn't taste a difference. that you? No. I, I have one friend. It's they none say of they're, you guys. They say they're pretty good. I haven't eat, tried one. Yeah, I haven't tried one. I probably wouldn't eat one. What um, is that? Can someone explain that? I've heard of it, but I can't remember all the... So it's, it's It's not plant-based somehow. Yeah, It's not meat. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's like a vegan's dream, I think. I don't know, <laughs> so, well, yeah. but um, yeah. So it, it's again, it's that I, I have a problem with the whole phrase "lab created." Yeah. It's a cool
0: concept, but the agriculture <laughs> industry takes such like um, such high standards in making sure that there's quality produce, quality meat that's coming out of our industry. That it just it's unfortunate that we're gonna have lab created meat just to try and meet some of those a very small demographics catering needs
1: yeah well, but there is a difference though between the, like the lab grown and the impossible burger i think the impossible burger is uh like a vegetable burger right it's vegan. a veggie it is. burger a veggie I believe so. burgers, yeah. is it a veggie burger yeah i'm pretty I sure it is so. yeah i just
0: really like
1: we'll beef. have to fact check after this yeah I we'll guess. fact check we we were usually pretty good at that um <laughs> i do know that one thing i missed we all missed the boat on is whenever beyond meat um went the ipo to go public on oh, yeah, trading yeah, stock oh yeah, yeah. my yeah. lord we would be rich right now that would that would have been a good one to buy no, you know? i thought about that like three months too late but okay so that was a good question i think um I don't think we really got any good answers but it's definitely not just something name. it's definitely something to keep on the horizon or you know just keep your eye on that in the horizon it's gonna, it's, it's food for thought right? well and oh, how oh, oh,
2: good pun Grace there Grant. and tell you, as as a restaurant owner those are some things that you can look at um, as far as for creating uh, a niche product, um, and something, you know, I guess unique to your restaurant for sure. To go
0: unique, New York. Unique.
2: All right. Got to keep unique us on topic New here. York. Question
1: number two, what is the best way to grow website traffic with a $0 budget?
2: Oh, well, oh. we get to do that a lot. So <laughs> this is my life. I'm going to deflect this question to Josh. I'm really good at that. This is life. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, constantly updating your website, one, just to make sure that there's new content, um, but also to make sure that you are up to date and constantly updating your social media channels to just have that reverse traffic going back in there. Um, Anything that you can do, if you can do backlinks onto other people's websites that are associated with you. Um, For example, for us with PFS Brands, we do a lot with our wholesalers, making sure that we have information on their website that that way people can, who's visiting their website can come back to ours.
1: Yeah, for sure, there's a ton of ways to do it, Um, obviously. It's been said this for the last 10 years content's king and it's all, it's all going to video content too but having good content out there that's structured properly as well so google can actively crawl that and get it actually on their site and ranked well is also, also huge um, you can go to other relevant blogs and comment on those blogs as well and get backlinks that way i mean there's a ton of ways you can do it but it all takes time and effort it won't happen overnight so it takes
2: months of steadily doing it consistency for it is sure.
0: con- oh my gosh consistency is key you cannot just do it once a week and then think that's good enough
2: well and one thing i think people misunderstand about, you know, the bots and crawlers and stuff is the content is there for them. It's there for readers as well but it's really there for Google and Bing to find you and to find relevant uh, content that fills the void of I'm searching for X so here's the answer and here's what's relative to your search query. So, you know, having that content-rich piece there is is huge. And I also um, I know social media native video is generally rewarded a lot greater than uh, just posting a link to youtube or vimeo or something so i mean you know keeping that in mind as well that 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 native uh video aspect on your site it can also be very beneficial to you but yep. i sure
0: it's quality video yeah and,
2: yeah <laughs> and to tony's point
1: too when it comes to it um that stuff is there for google to to crawl but more effect uh, i mean more in fact, it's actually there. You, you want to create quality, valuable content that your readers will actually use because Google is constantly updating its algorithms to give the best user experience for people searching for that content. They want it to be super relative and super to the point for those searchers. So, quality, valuable content.
2: Yes. I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> um, and Agree. Pa- pass. Thanks, Grant. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. All right. Well, Question? I didn't realize Grant was here. <laughs> Tony, Tony beat me to
3: my point about the video advertising on Facebook, or not, the videos yeah. on, on social media and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you would have made a great point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was kidding. All right. Quest, question was number three. This, one.
2: this is, by the way, this is going well. I'm so happy we decided to do this today. It's not too bad. All right. Question number three.
1: If you didn't know anything about running a restaurant, which was basically me before I started working here, if you didn't know anything about running a restaurant and a dying relative left you one, would you sell it? Yes. Question number four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, why is that, Tony? Well,
2: so, I mean, first of all... relative
1: to be relative to, I mean, relative to relative, <laughs> like, what the restaurant is and what it's currently doing?
2: Well, absolutely. I mean, it, if you didn't know anything about the restaurant business, um, you, your best bet would be to sell to someone who has a passion for it and who understands it. Um, you know, I have a friend. She has a restaurant down in Springfield. She works, you know, 80, 100 hours a week consistently. Um, you know, she deals with all the stress, the turnover, but she absolutely loves what she does. That's why she does it. And if someone just left you something, in my opinion, if it isn't something that you love and then you're in the restaurant industry, you're better off just to to sell to someone uh, who can actually make a good, strong run in it and and give it the the constant attention that it's going to need and require and the dedication and sacrifice that it is going to require. Um, Me personally, if If my mom left me a restaurant, uh, depending on the the demographic, you know, and all the other things, but if I was fully vested there, you know, even if I wasn't working there, there's a good chance that I may personally step into it because it's a family situation. But that being, you know, if it was like a restaurant I grew up around, but if it was just, hey, you know, your aunt passed and she left you uh, her place, um, I'm flipping it. I love my aunt too. I love all of my aunts (laughs) (laughs) and my uncles, but I'm not going to take on that responsibility if that's not something I'm passionate about. For sure. It's definitely
0: just like any other business, you know, there's always continuous education that's needed. And especially in the food service industry, because things are constantly changing. Just like the very first question with lab created meats, that's, Something that you're gonna be presented with different options and trying to seek out different ways to appeal to new customers and appeal to the new demographics that are coming around. Um, So just make sure that you understand that no matter what business it is, it's gonna be a challenge, but very specifically in the food industry, things are constantly changing.
3: Yeah, and I would say, like Tony said, either sell it or maybe if you can hire that person to run it for right. you then that's an option too well,
1: that's a good point <laughs> yeah i think to me this this question begs two further questions what metrics would you look at right away to see if it's even worth keeping if, if even if you do love the family business but is is it worth keeping but what metrics would you look at to determine that
2: well the financials obviously i mean you've got to look at what the last five years um, that it's done and how it's performed you can look at your guest traffic look at your reputation reputation you, for sure you know, Yeah, that's know just because you know your family members reputation may have been golden doesn't mean that yours is is. exactly Uh, why why'd you look at me bad Um, so I I think those are
3: culture of the store and stuff like that. exactly I mean make
2: sure that you're a good fit Um, just because maybe your your relative did a great job running it doesn't mean that necessarily you know you're the right fit for that position either she keeps looking at me like yeah you're not a good fit no no (laughs) Um, the, the other part of that question would be,
1: if you know nothing, how easy is it to learn? I guess there's obviously a huge learning curve, but it's possible to do it though if you're really passionate about it, right?
0: There definitely is. I, it just it, there's such a big learning curve, but seek out those people that you can learn from. If there's another restaurant that's in town, or if you know someone that has ran a restaurant, use their guidance. Um, also, you know, do anything that you can to self-educate. Go to conferences. Go to different. Um, classes just that we can learn understand the financials but then also just the operations because you know I know one thing that we do at PFS is always teaching people about the proper serving amounts because you don't realize how much money you're losing yeah it might look great because the amount of food that you're putting on the table and you're thinking this is fantastic because people are gonna come in here because of the portions but if you're losing out on money every single time that you're putting a double scoop of mashed potatoes on there how much money are you gonna be generating in the future and how much money are you losing and what the potential profits that you could have had
1: yeah, well said, Beth. Well said, Beth. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so, yep. Scoop okay. of mashed well, potatoes and
0: knowledge for you today. Well, yeah. Time well, to move and
2: on to question four. Well, just real quick, though. One thing I think that is really key is... I said um, move on to question four. No. <laughs> no I'm <was> kidding. <laughs> no, be no move on. <laughs> um, no, it, it's understanding what your level of tolerance of failure is. Um, there's a lot of failure oh. in the food service industry, a lot of failure in the restaurant industry, and you've got to be... If you're going to take on something like that, you've got to have pretty thick skin and right. understand that you've got to plan well, execute well, mm-hmm. like best said, control your costing, you know, but you've got to have a pretty high tolerance of failure. For sure. Yep, and done. and now you can do question four. Okay, sure. question
1: four now. Moving <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> I brought this one up because uh, several months ago I sent an article to all of us here and told you it was a really good read, and I actually didn't read it, but I skimmed it. But Grant read it, and then he tried to ask me all a bunch of questions about it, and then he called me out basically. But um, it's kind of the same essence on that. So how do restaurants use psychology to manipulate our spending and eating habits? Oh, man. There's a lot of psychology that goes into it, a lot more than what people would well, think. Menu for design for sure. and everything. Yeah, yeah
3: menu design is one of the biggest ones. I know – um, they structure it you know from left to right uh, you know there, there's a method to how they you know order the items I think they they don't put the most expensive or they I think they do put the most expensive thing on the top left so then as you go down to cheaper options you think that's a lot better you know, deal, they've yeah. set the bar high from the get-go yeah. um, another thing that they do is they a lot of times won't even use a dollar sign and you'll see that on menus at you know mm-hmm. regular restaurants and stuff they don't put a uh, dollar sign on there because dollar sign automatically makes you think you know oh, i have to spend money for this right. so they'll just put the numbers there and they may keep it only at one number like when it's nine dollars they put nine no, no sense or no sense no sense anything and like that so there's a lot of things that you know people think that they may be doing it for no reason but there's certainly a reason why they structure their menus the way they do so
0: there's also, um, I went to a restaurant this weekend and, and they kept saying, it's our special of the day, special pricing. And when you looked at the menu, there's actually no difference in the pricing, hmm. but they just tried to feature it. It is also one of their most expensive options that they have on there, but they were just trying to make it more appealing to people. Um, but yeah. Did, did you get it? Yeah. It was really well, good. It <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs>
2: well, you know, and also utilization, especially like of Instagram, uh, pushing out some really great looking plates. Um, to, you know, just encourage people and inspire them, get them hungry, get them wanting that desire of, hey, I want to go there. Oh, yeah, I had a great experience there. And just connecting with, you know, the consumer on that emotional level. And, you know, especially if you serve alcohol at a place, you know, you get folks in there, you get a couple drinks, you know, typically they're going to spend a little bit more. And, you know, continued um, just pampering that experience and that, that emotional fulfillment. I think Grant and I watched a clip from Seinfeld last week where he talks about... That's what you guys do in your office. <laughs> it's research. It's research. Josh and I are working hard over a here. Oh, <laughs> whatever. We all know none of us work. I hope Sean's not listening to this one. <laughs> but, no, we watched that clip from Seinfeld. It's hilarious where he talks about, you know, everything you know that looks great at the beginning of the meal because you're hungry and you don't care. And yeah. then you get the bill and you're like, wait a minute. Wait, I, I'm not even hungry anymore. Why would I want to pay for this? <laughs> so. Who ordered this? Was this <laughs> right? <Friday? laughs>
0: Another great way to do it is just by kind of manipulating people on the structure of your happy hours or your discounted deals. So, um, like, I know Applebee's and a lot of Mexican restaurants actually do this. They'll structure their happy hours from, like, 3 until 5 which is typically then obviously 5 to 7 is your main dinner time. But at least you have people that are there prior to that and they're just going to stay around to eat dinner. Yeah. Um, appetizers, you know, you may not, if you're open late, people will offer appetizer discounts from like 9 until close or whatnot. Um, but that just drives people in in your slowest time. So it's just a, it's a great way to get people in whenever you're not going to normally have that traffic.
3: Mm-hmm. One other thing that I know they use it as a psychological thing is like the colors of the restaurant. I think red is one of the big colors. And if, if you think about it, there's a lot of, uh, QSRs out there that have red incorporated, incorporated some way in the their or logo like or, or inside their restaurant, like Champ's Chicken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but apparently, red is supposed to be like psychology. Uh, psychological uh, yeah psychological like it's like psychologically appetizing or something yeah. you No, know, it gets you in the mood so it definitely draws it. your
1: attention for sure yeah. to yeah. get yeah. you there yeah yeah i know um i will include a link to that article that i sent to all of us and i actually might read it this time <laughs> so um but it's a good one i mean that one really dives into starbucks um so and how they lay out their menu and how everything is thoroughly planned and like there's a science behind it it's kind of crazy
0: can we just get the grant cliff notes version
1: yeah yeah he just kind of did actually <laughs> so yeah, um, <laughs> sure thing. Well, I mean, that's all the four questions I have. This is kind of fun.
0: Yeah, we should do this more often.
1: Yeah, or or not. I, mean. <laughs> did, I thought it was good. No, I liked it. I did too. All right. Well, good job, um, Josh. thank. you. Appreciate it. Great. If uh, <laughs> if you guys have any questions for us, instead of us finding our own questions, you can reach out to us at QSR Nation at pfsbrands.com. Brands com. Subscribe to the podcast at PFS Brands com slash podcast.
0: Find us on Facebook and on Twitter at QSR Nation.
1: Wow. Yeah. Those those are good ones. Go there. <laughs> do all those. Um, Way to just jump in on him there. Ben. No, I was having a train of thought totally <laughs> shot down now. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, and, guys, thanks for listening. For Grant, Tony, Beth, and Josh, will talk to you next
2: week.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Champs Chicken. For deals, discounts, and updates, check out com slash connect. Be sure to stop by next week for another episode of QSR Nation. And be sure to check us out online at pfsbrands dot com forward slash podcast.